On this week's episode, how much more crazy can Rick and Morty truly get? Jean-Luc Picard sees a familiar face, and it's high time for a return for iCarly. All this and more, as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos and popculturecosmos.com, it is sincerely appreciated. And I also want to mention, if you didn't get Dad a Father's Day gift, which we go ahead and give a big shout-out to all dads on Father's Day out there, you still can get a great deal at manscaped.com with the code FASTBREAK, all one word, where you get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without my good friend, it's our own Josh of the Rings in 4K. You got to catch him today on everything that he does for the Super BS Gamescast, his classic shows, Topic Oncalypse, and of course, his famous book, Congratulations, You Suck, which you can now get at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Hey, hey, I mean, I don't know if you could tell, I got a very special Father's Day gift today in the form of Lord of the Rings in 4K. My wife's pretty amazing. Got me to probably around 12 hours worth of viewing material, so I'm pretty stoked on that. Is that the one that I put in our the Father's Day special, the Blu-ray, the 4K high def? Okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Theatrical Six- and extended? Mm-hmm. Theatrical and extended. This, this baby got it all you know finally putting that uh xbox and 4k tv to use it looks pretty nice man I, but i don't know about you but like some movies in 4k do not look good because it just looks like there was no like editing done to them it's like fresh off of the film reel and then there's lord of the rings then there's lord of the rings like star wars is not a good one in in for or even on blu-ray star wars is, does not look good because you can tell where all the special effects were added in yeah but, i mean the Better it tries to look, the older it ages because mm-hmm. it actually looks better in the film grain, maybe on a old VHS cassette or Betamax or something like yeah, that. Exactly. It actually looks better there because you don't see the matting. You don't see, you know, like for instance, when you see the TIE fighters move mm-hmm. in a 4K or a Blu ray, even now in high def on television when you see it on TNT or something yeah. like that, you do see it now. You can see it. And that's the problem. It hasn't aged well. But with something like Lord of the Rings, that was made during the turn of the century, it still has that high film accessibility where you can enhance it. And it just accentuates that New Zealand countryside, the the whole country itself that they were able to go ahead and utilize to the fullest. Yeah. You know, I'm all about them color palettes, man. Those colors really pop. I know. You actually have Marcus when he now describes his reviews talking about color palettes and i'm like okay it's somebody went to the josh school of reviews hey it's an important thing to me man the color palette the color tones literally like change the tone of the film like you watch a romantic comedy 
the color tones are very red, right? They're very bright. Yeah. But if you were to put dark blue tones on a romantic comedy, it would be very sad. I feel like that's just as much part of the filmmaking process as like writing and directing. It's important, but it's a very beautiful disc set if people are out there and they're interested. Absolutely. And I've got the links right there on our Father's Day gift guide. So if you just go to popculturecosmos.com, that is just one of the many Father's Day gifts, which I know it is Father's Day today. And again, big shout out to all the dads out there. But if you want to get a belated Father's Day gift, or if you got a grad in your life, or if you got someone who is just want to get a great gift for, or just some good ideas on some pop culture stuff, check out the Father's Day gift guide I dropped on popculturecosmos.com. That does include the Lord of the Rings gift set, which is both the theatrical and the extended cuts in 4K HDR. So it's a really great gift set. I recommend it to anybody. I don't know if it's still on sale. It was at the time I posted it. So I'm hoping everybody will be able to get a discount. But Josh, this reminds me, some of our favorite shopping days of the year is coming up very soon in Amazon land, isn't it? Yeah, Prime Day. I mean, they've already been getting them uh, early sales out there. I know there's some good 4K Blu-rays and a bunch of money off games. Zelda Breath of the Wild, I think is like $41 on Prime right now. You know, it's it's never a uh, bad time to shop. Absolutely. So look for it. It is coming up. It is Amazon's Prime Day. It's actually 48 hours. I don't know why they still call it Prime Day. It should be Prime Days. So Amazon Prime Days. It's going to be a really a good time. First off, I would already imagine if you haven't checked it out already, all the Amazon products that are there are the ones that they purchase, like Ring or the Fire. That stuff they put on sale early and ahead of time. So if you're interested in getting a Fire Stick or a Ring product or any one number of the Amazon products, that they have in their coffer, you can go ahead probably right now already and get it on sale. If not, it's going to be on a huge deduction during the course of the next couple of days at Amazon.com, plus a tremendous amount of deals. I will go ahead on our Facebook page, Pop Culture Cosmos, and try to highlight some of the deals over the course of that time. So be on the lookout for it, and maybe you could just link up right there for you. So I know, Josh, you spend an inordinate amount of time on those days checking out the deals don't you? I know you have in the past. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I try not to spend Yeah, right. a lot unless there's something that just like screams my name. And usually a lot of things just do that. So yeah, I mean, I'll be on there surfing around. I don't know how much I'll get. I've been, actually been banned from buying things for myself in the month of June. So I don't know how much purchasing I'll be allowed to do this year. You might have to ask the warden to lift that band for two days because Amazon Prime Days is just around the corner, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. It's temptation, man. Temptation, I tell you. It's going to be a great show we have on tap for you out there. We've got a lot to talk about, including The Witcher Season 2 got a first look. Also, Season 2, Star Trek Picard got a first look with a familiar face coming back. So we'll talk about both of those Season 2 first looks coming up here in a second. And happy Father's Day to you, Mr. Josh. I wanted to go ahead and say also happy Rick and Morty Day, according to Twitter. It is Rick and Morty Day because season five is dropping as we speak today. So we'll talk about Rick and Morty, the sensation that it is. Can it get crazier? And what's in store for the future for Rick and Morty? That's coming up on the show as well. Titan season three is 
also on the way. That first look came earlier this week, so we'll talk about that real quick. And a familiar face is coming there in the Joker. So we'll talk about that version of the Joker coming up as well. iCarly. Yes, iCarly has returned with new episodes to Paramount+. Plus. I'll ask Josh, the 90s kid that he is, to see if he's interested in it. And what kind of boost can it give to the suddenly rebounding Paramount Plus? We'll talk about that coming up on the show as well. Plus, Pixar's Luca did drop on Disney Plus. I want to talk about Luca, its reception, but more about Pixar because this is the second movie in a row that's dropped straight to Disney Plus from Pixar. We'll talk about if this is going to be a trend going forward or if this is just something that they have in mind for now for Pixar coming up on the show. Josh has some time on Clarkson's Farm. So I know a lot of people that are out there love their Clarkson Farm on Amazon. So Josh will be talking about that on the show. And we got a quick interview with Iceland's favorite actor, Einar Haraldson. He's going to stop by on the program as well. But first, my friend, at the box office, Hitman's Wife Bodyguard did around the same that the previous week's movie that was expected to do number one, but didn't. In the Heights did around $11 million over the weekend. This was considered to be right in line with expectations. So it's kind of funny how this works, man. I know In the Heights was a lot of controversy that has continued with that. And I'm going to make a correction on that. But I wanted to ask you this. Hitman's Wife Bodyguard, it's definitely a cash grab sequel, which the people involved seem to be there just for a paycheck. And it's getting the reviews that would warrant such a thing. But Ryan Reynolds, Samuel Jackson, Salma Hayek, Antonio Banderas, you'd think you'd have a great cast there to do something truly awesome. Apparently, that's not the case. Apparently, it was just a cash grab. But this seems to be, even with that star power hitting at expectations, yet in the heights, with all of its controversy and all that, does the same number, and it to people just disappointed right and left. So your thoughts on this variating difference between one film and another? Because to me, it's quite fascinating. Yeah, we've reached this weird time where you have these stars like Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson and I guess even Antonio Banderas where they're making products that they know are probably not that good, but they're making them anyways, because why not? You know, this is a really weird time for movies right now because everything's kind of just like, why not? You know, and then you have like uh, Lynn, uh, what's it? Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. And he's making something like the Heights and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this more in a minute, but you know, he's he's taking that was something that he took very seriously. It's just unfortunate the way the critics have been talking about it. But also the controversy as and well. The, and the controversy. But like you have these big action stars or something like the hitman's bodyguard's wife, which I didn't even know was a thing until, you know, a month ago when we were chatting about movies coming out this year. But yeah, it, it's one of those things where like, sure, let's let's just throw it out there. People are bored. We can literally make whatever we want and people will go watch it. You know, you can make a movie about me playing fetch with a dog. And as long as I'm Ryan Reynolds, people will go out and watch it. But not enough people. So it's interesting that he can do that or he can go make a movie that goes straight to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And then also Samuel Jackson can make a ton of movies where he does these guest starring roles. He's in there for 10 to 20 minutes. He gets his nice paycheck and he's like Teflon. It just bounces off him because, you mm-hmm. know, he's such a great actor when he wants to turn it on or when he's part of the Avengers. Yeah. There you go. So it's so funny on that. And then Salma Hayek. 
she's not being bothered by this at all because she'll just go into the Eternals with a lot better expectations. And in fact, it's weird because we have a lot higher expectations for Free Guy when that comes out with just Ryan Reynolds alone. When that comes out here in a month or two, that's going to come out to even higher expectations because there's been a lot more promotional material put behind it. But it's just fascinating to me to see this kind of thing where, okay, yeah, there's just a, f- a small amount of people seeing it because 11 million over the course of a weekend here domestically in the U.S., that's really not, that's not that great when you mm-hmm. look at it, even in a pandemic. And last week, the same thing. I think it's more of a test we'll see this coming weekend with F9. We'll see how well that does at the box office to really know and gauge. Is it a point where people are picking and choosing which weekends to go? Because in the past, movies like In the Heights and movies like The Hitman's Wife Bodyguard would get 20 to 30 million in a weekend and no problem. Even And that would be under expectations as well. But that was in the old days. Now these days, uh, you're going to get people just going to see a Kong versus Godzilla you're just going to get them to see A Quiet Place Part 2, and they're just going to go see F9 and Black Widow, and they're not going to go out of the way to see other movies like this. Yeah, well, I mean, we've we've spoken about this at length, right, with how the, the whole landscape's changing in this, you know, post-pandemic movie viewing. But I also think that it's not just this, like, oh, it's not doing well in the box office, because there are now, at this point, you know, with HBO Max and all the streaming services there's more than one place to release a film like if it does bad somewhere right if it does bad in the movies hey let's put it out on a streaming platform or hey let's put it out exclusively to redbox or put it out on digital or put it like out in the heights is right now currently on also hbo max as well right so it's you know there's either a ton of places for a movie to be released and do well in some and fail in some or there's a ton of places for a movie to succeed in all these places or fail in all these places you know it's it's literally like hey the theatrical run didn't work. Let's put it out on HBO Max or HBO Max didn't work. So let's do a limited theatrical run or that doesn't work. Let's put it out on Blu-ray, you know, a month before it's supposed to come out. Like there's so many options in here and it's really like hit or miss. You know, there's an audience for everything somewhere. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we're looking at a movie like The Hitman's Wife, Bodyguards, right? Like it's just a total let's make this movie because we can. You know, it's like an Expendables film. It's it's just it, it's there. It exists you watch it, you can don't watch it, but people are bored and they're going to watch anything, literally anything. But but now it's going to be harder for people like us and the pundits out there to determine which movie is a success or a failure because you have Mark Wahlberg's Infinite, which is now on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. Has that been a success? We're not sure because has it increased people wanting to buy or watch Paramount+, Plus, The Tomorrow War? Amazon spent $200 million on the Tomorrow War. So when it comes out early next month, is it going to be a big hit for Amazon? That has to move a lot of viewers and also get a lot of people interested in getting Prime in order for that to be a success. Right. Anything that Netflix buys, because Netflix is <laughs> scooping up movies right and left as far as that are being produced out there. You know, They go to film festivals and then they get <laughs> Netflix just scoops them all up. Those films too, what you know, whatever money that they put on, even if it's big budget or not big budget, do they move the needle? Do they hit the top of the Netflix charts? That has to be now a determinant of whether or not a movie is a success or not. 
Yeah, and we don't, and with the streaming services too, like we don't know where the numbers are being fudged, right? Because those yeah. box office numbers get reported all over the place. You know, it's a, the public has access to box office numbers, but the public does not have access to Netflix numbers and subscription services. So you don't really know. They could say, hey, you know, we had so many people view this, right? But we don't know the circumstances of those views. So they come from people doing free trials. They come from people watching them on their friends' passwords. I'll give you a perfect example. Manifest, a series which was just canceled on NBC. At the day, the exact day that it was canceled by NBC, it was trending at number one on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So is it a popular show or is it not a popular show? Yeah. Yeah, and like we don't really know how successful any of this stuff was until, you know, these these company earning reports come out. Like we won't know how well Netflix did with all these new things until their earning reports or Amazon or actually Amazon's different cuz it's got so many different things in its wheelhouse, but you know, as far as like HBO Max and Warner Brothers, everything's very watered down these days. You're not going to really know the truth about anything except what's seen in the box office when it comes to viewing things. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. I know you've been hearing about Manscaped on all those other programs and podcasts. Well, Manscaped and the Hoopheads Podcast Network are working together on something fantastic. And oh my goodness, have we got a deal for you. Manscaped.com has just released their wireless, waterproof, and rechargeable Lawnmower 4.0 which offers their trademark skin-safe replaceable blades that gets you the ultra-close shave exactly where you need it. Head on over to manscaped.com and choose from the huge list of men's grooming and lifestyle products, including the ultra-popular Lawnmower 4.0 Body Groomer, and get 20% off at Manscaped, plus free shipping with the promo code FASTBREAK at manscaped.com. That's right, just type in FASTBREAK all one word at checkout at Manscaped and get ready to start looking good this summer from your friends at Manscaped, the Hoopheads Podcast Network, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. I did want to say, Josh, that when it comes to In the Heights, it is dropping fast and dropping hard on the box office charts out there domestically. It has dropped to number six, and it is going to, if you look at it solely as a box office entity, it's going to be a, a failure which is very disappointing for a movie that is beloved by critics. But then again, we talked about that on Pop Culture Cosmos 250 and that about critic culture and all that. The controversy itself, I'm going to be more in line with you. I think it did have something to do with it. I think it really did. Not only something during the casting, during the lead up to the movie, it obviously had a lot more than what I even thought it was going to be as far as an impression, as far as people not going to go see it. But especially after with Lin-Manuel Miranda making a public apology and then Rita Moreno talking the casting and her at first say she was in support of Lin-Manuel, then she had to backtrack on that. So it is a big deal. So it should have been better representation. And maybe that would have made the film a little bit more palpable. But even if that's the case, would that have been the difference to make it a hit movie or a successful movie or even a break-even movie? The media is kind of, they're like sharks these days, right? They're looking for anything that's going to stir controversy or get people to uh, click on things. So the media buried this movie before it even came out because of all this stuff. So had they not pointed any of this out or made a big deal of it, do you think that it would have 
affected the way people watched it because i i feel like there's a lot of people who would have gone into it not like for me specifically like i don't i don't go into this stuff like looking for like counting oh how many people of this culture this race or how many people of this gender sexuality like i don't go into movies looking for that stuff like you have to be very pointed when you're looking for that stuff there's an agenda at play and you know you're going in and we've talked about this before right critic culture like there's check marks there's a list you got to go through and with this one i think lynn lynn manuel i'm sorry i can't even pronounce lynn manuel miranda yeah i think he does great work and i don't think he did this on purpose i don't think he meant any harm by his casting choices it's just somebody somewhere got offended or upset by it and then this caused a, a wildfire that ultimately will end up bearing because the one part of the Latino culture was not represented, even though it had Latinos throughout the entire right. cast. It was not a fully represented Latino cultural film. Yeah. And who, but who's to say that that was part of his vision? You know, like it maybe it was maybe it wasn't like if you read his responses on Twitter, he handled himself very nicely and said, this is what I wanted to represent. And he did. A, I think that. You know, I haven't seen the film, but I think that he's he's sticking to his vision. And that's something that it's unfortunate that this is kind of, uh, I guess, bearing him because and in the actors involved. It's not like any of them did bad work because the film is universally praised. That's yeah. what's what you know, it's not like it's a, it's not like it was a cats. Let's say it was cats mm-hmm. that came out. That's another high profile, non-performing musical that came out to the box office. That was bad for altogether different reasons. This movie has been praised by the critics and yeah. everybody on the cast was universally praised. So it's just the fact that, that none of them were of the specific type of Latino culture that was shut out on this occasion. Yeah. And this is not the first time it's happened. It's not the last time. Like this is why you have people like Todd Phillips who, you know, did the the Joker film who is afraid to make movies anymore. Like he will make, very specific types of movies like he's afraid to he won't do comedies anymore he won't do comedies anymore because he says that it's like it's a what would you call it like a nail in the coffin of his career like and if you talk about what he's done he's done the hangover series to start mm -hmm. off with yeah and and you know that's cool old he did old school and road trip but i'm that you know that's just like another example but i'm sure you know across many different genres there's people who feel the same you know like i I upset one group of people and I will never work in this town again, you know, and it's, it's very unfortunate because, you know, there's a time when there are all types of different movies with all types of different casting in it. And people could make those without having to fear the repercussions of, of the mob, you know, I don't think there was anything ill-willed or fully intentional by him. I think it was totally something that it was uh, oversight on his part, uh, that there was not full Latino representation of, that would have accepted by the culture out there. But unfortunately, uh, I think maybe it would have broken even without the controversy, which is probably a, a actual shame too as well, because there's only so much of a gap in regards to how much it lost. So we'll go ahead and see. But again, it is the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald along with my good friend, Mr. Josh of the Rings, Josh Peterson, Josh in 4K. But Josh, I want to go ahead and say that, yeah, in the Heights is something that is going to be remembered for altogether different reasons. And that's going to be a shame because again, it was a highly well thought of movie by the critics. And I'm assuming everybody that does see it, that that sees it as just a movie will probably say the same thing as well. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I would like to watch. It looks very beautiful. I just haven't had time to sit down and watch it, but 
again, you know, like I hope that this doesn't keep, you know, Lynn Man Miranda. Man, I'm sorry, it can do Lynn Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope this doesn't keep him from making movies because he is disgustingly talented and he was very yes. humble and, uh, you know, in his responses to the uh, controversy and he was clearly didn't mean anything by it. And I hope that this doesn't crush him like it has crushed many other people. What are your thoughts out there on the continued controversy with In the Heights? Are you saddened by what's going on with it? Or are you in line with what so many other people thought of, like in regards to the representation, which obviously it was not fully represented. And that was an oversight on Lin-Manuel Miranda's part. And didn't seem like it was intentional. Didn't seem like it was ill-willed. But again, In the Heights, the controversy has really hurt this film. And are your thoughts on In the Heights, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But my friend, there's still much more to talk about before we hit the break. The Witcher Season 2 got its first look. Geralt, a.k.a. Mr. Superman, Henry Cavill. I wanted to hear your thoughts on this with the flowing white hair that he has. He was able to go ahead and it looks like he's going to slay more monsters and anger more villagers. So I want to hear your thoughts on Season 2. This has been a big win for Netflix. They're talking about a prequel. They're talking about advancing the Witcher franchise and IP even more on Netflix. So I want to hear your thoughts on season two of The Witcher. No, it looks cool. You know, the, the little preview they gave looked it looked pretty neat. Henry Cavill, love that guy. You know, he's just everything. He's keeping he, my fingers crossed on the Mass Effect thing. I know, me too. He plays a very like specific types of characters, but man, he is just like he's very good at what he does. You know, it's like you, you you probably couldn't put him in like a romantic comedy role, but he's good at like playing. These... Oh, he's just he's going to do one now just to just to spite you. Oh, I'm sure he is. But he's very good at doing like these pulpy sci fi characters. And Geralt is is probably by far his best role. I really like him as Superman, but like Geralt is so just he's so very good, good as Geralt. Very good. Yeah. And, you know, what's funny is that the the Witcher is like the Shangri-La for like pulp writers right because you have stuff like hellboy right clearly didn't work on the on the big screen or at least the last iteration these like monster fighting shows you don't see a lot of them because they don't work like we had hercules and xena you know back in the day but like since then you haven't seen something that has been popular until those two shows were really popular in syndication Mm -hmm. yeah they were all over the place yeah so this is like i'm hoping that this creates more opportunity because there's a lot of great like video games and comic books that can be adapted to be this kind of this style out there this is i'm hoping that this is creating more opportunities for those but i guess on the witcher though one thing that really bums me out is still no release date I'm sure. it's probably coming out in the fall my guess but yeah it, it's still on the way but henry cavill is still doing damage as Geralt, and you know what it looks like he's going to have another successful season of The Witcher, and The Witcher IP is going to expand even further. So we're looking forward to that. Before we hit the break, Star Trek Picard Season 2 also had its first look. I know you're not a big Trekkie. I'm actually a bigger Trekkie than you are, but it did have a familiar face for all you Star Trek The Next Generation fans out there in that Star Trek Picard meets up once again with his old nemesis, Q. As John DeLancey takes up the role once again, and they meet face-to-face. So at some point in time in Season 2, it's going to be sparked by Q. And I'm sure he's going to make Jean-Luc Picard's life very miserable. 
but give him a teaching lesson at the very end. So I want to hear your thoughts on Star Trek Picard. A success for Paramount Plus in its first year. I thought it was okay at best. I don't think it meets up to the par yet of Star Trek Discovery. But I want to hear your thoughts of Star Trek Picard with Jean-Luc Picard now meeting up with Q and having a whole bunch of things that are going on in season two. So I got friends that really like this show, and I know a lot of people who really like it. And just the fact that it's, you know, it's still gaining traction says a lot about it. It's something I keep meaning to go back to. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of like viewing experience with this one, but it looks cool. Is this kind of a limited run type of thing? Or do you think that they're going to be able to keep expanding on the mythology of this particular character? Well, you can only do so much because Jean-Luc Picard is at an advanced age and you can tell that he is not even the Patrick Stewart of 10 years ago because he's very slow, methodical moving and his acting it's everybody else has to support him that's around him at this point uh, it's not where he stands out it's where everybody is supporting him and in fact a lot of the show takes place without him on camera and those were the parts that weren't really that great so they're going to have to improve everything surrounding Jean-Luc Picard so that season two can flourish so I'm looking forward to it I know a lot of people watch it just because it is Jean-Luc Picard, a.k.a. Patrick Stewart in the role. So we'll see what happens with Star Trek Picard Season 2. Did get a first look. We'll see if this dynamic between him and his old nemesis Q will go ahead and spark a better season for Season 2 of Star Trek Picard. So we'll wait and see. What are your thoughts out there on Star Trek Picard? Let us know your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it's Rick and Morty celebrated on the show, plus Titans. Luca, iCarly, we're going to take a trip down to Clarkson's farm as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you want to see the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really, truly defined who we are, then you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. And we're back. It's Gerald Glassford, along with my good friend, Mr. Josh of the Rings in 4K, Mr. Josh Peterson. Want to make sure everybody checks out popculturecosmos.com. We've got a lot of great things. I'm hoping a Biomutant review will be on the way. Yes, yes, I'm working on it. It'll be up there this week for sure. I hope so. Chivalry 2, I actually have to amend it after playing a little bit more of it and actually hearing that there is patches that will include more maps and a little bit more DLC. I have raised it from an 8 to an 8.5. It is clearly one of the best games of the year and a tremendous multiplayer experience. So if you get a chance and you're into hacking off an arm, Hacking off a head and hacking off anything else. If you're into going back into the ye old times of lore, head on over to Chivalry 2. It's a great multiplayer game. It's not even a full price game. It's actually $40. So it's a great get right now for you. Chivalry 2. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. So great experience right there for you indeed. But my friend, there's still more to talk about on today's program. Rick and Morty on Rick and Morty Day, my friend, season five drops today on Adult Swim. It's become one of the biggest 
animated shows on the planet. It is definitely one of the most revered and one of the most appreciated that's out there. I don't know if you want to put it yet with the South Park Simpsons, but it's pretty darn close, man. They do literally anything on that show. It is wild. Can it get even wilder? Okay, Rick and Morty, I'm sure it can. I mean, this, the creators have been up to the challenge for all these years. I'm sure they can make it wilder. This show is funny, but I never go out of my way to watch it. Have you seen a lot of it? I, I'm genuinely curious if it's worth my time. It's great in short bunches. I checked it out yesterday as far as catching up for season four and little bits of season three as well. I am not a regular viewer of it, but when I catch it, I can't, I like binge it. I binge watch it and I catch it in small bursts and it's really enjoyable that way. The things that Rick puts Morty through is just hilarious. And he, what he puts the entire family through and the fact that there is absolutely no bounds to what they do on that show. And in fact, they leave like gaffes in there. If they're doing something like uh, maybe a voiceover for a movie trailer, and the voice actor is one of the creators is doing a voiceover for it. And he's cracking up in the middle of it because he is just so funny to him. They leave that in. They leave that in. It just is so funny what they do in that show because it's all over the place and there's nothing out of bounds for this show. I think that's why people love it. I mean, that's, that's why people are intrigued by it. That's why even robot chicken and surpassed it as the premier show on adult swim that's why the creators of, of Rick and Morty, they're getting all the pub. They're getting all the limelight. In fact, you know, the writers of Rick and Morty, we talked about before going to Loki. They're part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now because they stole from Marvel. So now the Marvel Cinematic Universe wants to steal from them as far as time travel is concerned and time travel storytelling. So, yeah, it's really interesting to see this whole dynamic of how successful Rick and Morty is. But it has truly become one of the premier animated shows on cable, network, television, or even streaming anywhere you can find it. You know, it's it's good. We need shows like that because there's a lot of people who won't dare to cross the line, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier with filmmaking. And every once in a while, you do find someone who will cross the line. It's done tastefully, right? It's not done in a manner that's meant to like offend the masses but it's like they know that they're going to be pushing buttons but they do it you know and i think that that's what helps a lot of these shows gain popularity and i got friends who really like rick and morty and i've I've been curious by it but it just it sounds like it's just it's chaos on tv and that's something that like we don't see outside the form of like the simpsons or south park or something like that so it, it's i don't know it is refreshing to see how many fans it has and people clamoring for comedy like that it's almost like just someone plugs a uh you know like a recorder into their brain and all this stuff just comes out it makes no sense but it's funny to some people it's very quick-witted i mean similar to what we've seen with family guy of course the simpsons of course south park it's very quick-witted in how it is presented so they hit you with a ton of stuff right away it never seems to have gaps in its storytelling it never seems to have lulls and I think that's for the best. I think if it did, it's it wouldn't be as good. But definitely in, interested in seeing what season five develops for Rick and Morty. Again, I'm not a huge fan of it. I like to see it in batches and in bunches because I think it really, in that realm, you can really get a nice taste of it. 
I think if you want wait for it week by week, it's it may be something of a different experience for you. But you know what? I cannot fault the success of Rick and Morty. Like I said, the writers are now migrating over into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and helping shape that for the future going forward, as we're seeing with Loki. So I'm very intrigued what the future has in store for Rick and Morty. I know you are as well. But if you are a big fan of Rick and Morty, we want to hear why. Please let us know why you are a big fan of Rick and Morty. Or if you're turned off by Rick and Morty, if you watched it and you cannot stand it, we want to know why as well. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. There's more to talk about on today's program. Titans Season 3 also dropped a trailer. I wanted to go ahead and make sure that everybody knows that Titans is coming up soon from... HBO Max. I wanted to go ahead and ask you this with Titan season three. Did you get a chance to check it out and see a familiar face perhaps? No, I didn't. So I've, I've watched the first two episodes of season one and I'm like halfway through doom patrol. So I, that's as much experience as I have in this realm. I'm, it's something I'm getting to slowly. Tell me about this trailer though. I'm intrigued. Absolutely. Well, Titan season three and it's obviously coming to HBO Max. I think it's a, it's a good turn for the series. It's going to have another representation of the Joker because it shows someone that has been captured and tortured by the Joker that has the Joker's face. And of course it has the Joker's laugh in it. So it's going to be something where we'll see how well it works out, but I'm intrigued to hear what you have to say about Titans in season three. I mean, you sound like you're a bigger fan of Titans in the past than I have been. So I want to hear your thoughts on it. So it's very dark. It's very gritty. I guess like my, my big beef with these shows is that they're not all existing in the same place. You know, they kind of try to time together with the Arrowverse stuff, but it's one of those shows where it's, you think that they have crossed, you know, that that's as far as they're going to push the violence, but they push it farther. If you're squeamish, it's not a great show for you. And they kind of like push the envelope just to do it. it looks very cool. I haven't watched enough to really say that, like, hey, it does a great job. It's it's visually pleasing, but I can't say that it does a great job with the story because I haven't gotten enough through it. Doom Patrol is very funny. I have enjoyed every episode I've watched of that. Brendan Fraser is great. Yeah, they have different iterations of characters who have been in the DCU and Arrowverse and all that, but it is something that I have enjoyed watching so far. So as soon as I get to the end of the, some of these seasons... I would love to elaborate a little bit more on my thoughts. Because it is a mature version of the DC universe, do you think it's a, a must-watch for fans out there? Because of the lack of star power, it never has seemed like it's a must-watch. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of star power, but these people portray these characters very well. You know, even from like Starfire to Robin to Raven, they do a great job of portraying these characters and just some of like the darkness that exists in these shows. Is it a must watch? I don't think so. I don't think it's a must watch unless you're like a big fan of the characters. You know, this is probably the closest to a Titans movie that you're going to get, at least for the time being. So if you're a fan of this particular series or you're a fan of Doom Patrol, I think they're excellent shows to watch. I just don't know if they're like, if you're, somebody who is not obsessed with continuity i don't really think it's you're going to miss out on anything by watching them well fair enough but because i'm someone that's in and out on the series it's never clicked with me 100 percent. but i'll give it another shot it is titan season three to me it doesn't sit as well or as high as let's say the boys or doom patrol or the umbrella academy 
it is a show that is out there and has had its own success on HBO Max. So we'll see if it continues that success this year and this season on HBO Max. But we want to hear your thoughts out there on if Titans season three can be something that gets you hooked on that series. And if it's a great continuation of the DC universe, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. I wanted to go ahead and ask you this. Luca dropped on Disney Plus this past weekend, my friend. It was something that I found very interesting. Not to the fact that it was widely panned or widely praised because it got it got an okay grade it's got an okay grade from critics overall and word of mouth everybody's saying that's okay it's okay not that bad but it is not one of pixar's best what interests me more is that it's a straight to disney plus film for pixar it's the second one in a row after soul which i thought was a very good film and I thought that should have gone straight to the theaters instead of Disney Plus, but obviously it couldn't for coronavirus reasons. Same thing for Wonder Woman 1984. Essentially, there was not too many people going to the theaters. So at that time, they both went to streaming services per se. But I thought that Soul should have been a theatrical release film as far as in widespread, maybe held back until a period such as now where it could have taken advantage of a movie crowd going to it. Your thoughts on Luca? Because of the fact, again, it is something that for the second time in a row, Pixar has made a film that's gone straight to Disney+. Plus. Do you see this as a continuing trend? Do you see this as a continuing thing? Because if that's the case, Pixar has made some outstanding films, but they're also very expensive. And heading straight to Disney+, Plus may not be 100% the equation that Disney was thinking about when it started going ahead and having Pixar continuously go ahead and make films for them yeah the standards are kind of weird right now especially since they're putting black widow on disney plus and box office and box office at the same time so i i don't know i think until like we get outside of this pandemic viewing we're not going to really know for sure what this is going to look like pixar has always been a movie company that brings people to the movies though i mean Coco was a masterpiece, you know, and I don't, I think Raya and the Lost Dragon, I don't know if that was Pixar or maybe it's just. No, that was Disney animation. Yeah, but like, I don't know, the last like few kids movies that Disney has made an attempt at, like they just haven't done so well. So either they don't have a lot of faith in what they're doing or. Soul did terrific for Disney Plus. Soul did terrific, but again, you know, they didn't put that in the movie theater. So it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird I think until we get to a point where people are going to see them going to the movies for more than like these pop culture events, you know, like Black Widow and DC stuff. Like, I don't think that we're going to be able to tell like what is what, you know? Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. Luca is now available on Disney Plus. It's not a premium access film. It is just go ahead and watch it film. So if you're on Disney Plus and you've had a chance to check out Luca, we would love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Coming up after the break, it's Iceland's favorite actor, Einar Harrelson. He's stopping by on the program to talk with me about what's going on with his prolific career and what's up ahead for him as Iceland's favorite actor. Could he be heading to the States to do some work here as well? We'll find out coming up right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? 
If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Josh, I'm going to go ahead and interview Einar Haraldson, Iceland's favorite actor right now. So if you want to stay, you're welcome to. But Josh, I want to bring on Einar Haraldson right now. Einar, thanks for your patience. We're going to give this another shot. I know we've had technical issues the past two times, but I'm glad to have you back on the program. How are you? You have been fortunate to work on so many productions recently. How much more difficult has it been to work during the pandemic? Uh, of course, it has been. We had to stop all the project for a few weeks. So that's why it was hard or still, or still is hard to work. But we can manage it. That's good. That's good. No, that, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that everything is coming back up for you in your native Iceland. Your career has taken off there. You've gotten role after role. And if people want to check out all the great work, they can go ahead and check out your IMDb page. You've been very active in recent years. And in fact, in the past year, you've been very active. What has been the response from your fellow Icelanders about your success on TV and movies? They are excited to see a new actor coming in in the line. Well, that's awesome to hear. I'm glad for your success. Any plans to work abroad like the United States, perhaps? Yeah, that's the plan. The big plan is go to the States. In January, I have a project in uh, Dallas in the horror movie. And then it's uh, planning in uh, some TV series. That's awesome to hear. You said you were coming, I think, in January. January. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Your career has started to take off later in life. What do you say to those a little older, like me, that might be interested in still pursuing acting? It's never too late to start. I was told of a younger people that they need elder actors because they don't have so much. They're all young. Watch out, Einar. I may be on the set with you coming next year, so we'll see what happens because you never know. I may think about going in and pursuing some acting here in the not-too-distant future. Okay, very good. I'm looking forward to that. Once again, I have Einar Haraldsson, Iceland's <laughs> favorite actor, right here with us with the Pop Culture Cosmos. One last question for you, my friend. What upcoming projects mm-hmm. would you like people to look out for, and where can they connect with you on social media? Right now I'm on Facebook and Instagram, but my website is coming out later this week or start on next week. Then they can see all the projects and what is I'm going to do and I'm doing. But the latest is the horror movie, The Rider on the Trail, Copperhead Creek, good movies. I'm just excited. Einar Haraldson, we cannot thank you enough for stopping by. It's good to be on your show. Once again, it's Einar Haraldsson. He's been tremendously patient with us because of our transmission to and from Iceland. He is Iceland's favorite actor. I'm going to say it right now. Iceland's favorite actor. It's Einar Haraldsson. Please check out all of his great projects today at Facebook or also as well Instagram. Einar, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, and I wish you tremendous continued success 
And we look forward to speaking to you again right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you very much, Gerald. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Well, we still got a little bit more to talk about on today's show as we close things out. But my friend, there's still a couple more things I want to drop on you. And that is Clarkson's Farm. You have taken a trip down to Clarkson's Farm. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you your time on Amazon Prime watching Clarkson's Farm. You know, I have kind of fallen in love with reality TV lately. and like, Have you? It's kind of a sad, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's sad, but there's a lot of stuff that while watching reality TV, you know, you're like, oh, I want to do that. And then you watch another show and you're like, oh, I want to do that. So by the time you're done watching like 10 reality TV shows, you've picked up so many like potential personas that you don't know what to do with yourself anymore. Clarkson's Farm, I'm sure everyone out there is familiar with the Grand Tour and Top Gear. Jeremy Clarkson is one of the hosts of the popular motoring show. In Top Gear, he let Richard Hammond and James May, his co-host, blow up his house when he lost a bet. So after that, he ended up buying a farm that had like 400 acres on it, and he just paid people to run it. So in this one, as part of their contract with Amazon Prime, like, hey, we're going to do Grand Tour, we'll fund Grand Tour, but you have to do so much other content for us. So Clarkson's Farm is part of that package. So in this one, it shows how he manages to run this farm without really knowing how to run a farm. So, you know, one of my my favorite things about this show is besides the fact that like Clarkson's funny, but he's kind of kind of dumb, right? Like that's his whole persona is that he yeah. has a lot of bad ideas. So in this one, he had to hire this kid named Caleb who helped him farm, you know, helped him like plant the crops, helped him harvest the crops, helped him water the crops. Like in this kid, he's 21 years old and he runs his own business. He helps, you know, he helps all the local farms. But it just shows like that he does not hold anything back. Like this kid has no shame. And since he's become an Internet sensation, like everyone likes this show, I think, more for him than Jeremy Clarkson, because he's not afraid to tell Clarkson off. And, you know, that's the kind of person on the show that Clarkson needs because Clarkson's very bold when he talks. And this kid, Caleb, just like if he's being an idiot, like he just straight up told him and the dynamic between these two characters was hilarious because Caleb would just kind of say, hey, you're being an idiot. Like, this is how this this is supposed to work. So it's just it, the show has a very good dynamic. You know, it goes through him trying to uh, plant crops. He builds his own farm store. He uses some of his acreage to build like a nature preserve. And, you know, he has his jibes at like global warming and, and things like that. But, it, I, you know, in the middle of the season, they actually did an interesting episode on what took place during the pandemic. So the whole show goes through the course of a year. And it's I want to say it's like 10 episodes. So it's got it's got a lot of interesting things out there. It's different from Top Gear and Grand Tour, but I have about five acres on my house and I've been like curious about farming. And so it kind of captivated me. And I'm kind of bummed that there's no more episodes. So they're saying there might be a season two, but we'll have to wait and see. But I highly recommend it. It is probably one of the best things I've watched so far this year. So we will be seeing Peterson's Farm season one on Amazon. Is that a possibility? Oh, you bet. Yeah, it'll be happening sometime in the next 10 years. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I just got to get that sweet Jeff Bezos money, you know? There you go. There you go, indeed. But it is Clarkson's Farm. It is now available on Amazon Prime, so please check it out right there for you. Or if you have, please, we want to hear your thoughts. Do you agree with Josh on the success and the relative favorability that Clarkson Farm has, at least with Josh? Please let us know your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
My friend, it's been a great episode, but before we hit iCarly, which I know as a 90s guy, you would know more about than I do. I want to hear your thoughts. This week marks a major turn for the box office as F9. It's a major test, actually, for the box office as F9 does debut this week in the U.S. and also the U.K. So I want to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, F9, a lot is riding on it, I think, for theater owners out there. I mean, they've been able to go ahead and sneak by and do well initially with A Quiet Place Part 2. Then we talked about the controversy within the Heights. We talked about the relative disappointment that is the hitman's wife bodyguard. But then again, it just there was real no expectations on that film. So I want to hear your thoughts on F9 because I think a lot is riding on this film in order for it to be a success here and also abroad. It's unfortunate that a lot of people don't even know that movie theaters are like open and operational right now. So I think that F9 is going to do really well. I don't think it's going to do like pre pandemic numbers, but I think that it will do, it'll do well enough, you know, and it'll be something that I I think will, will be one of those movies where the more people talk about it, the more people are going to go into it. So I don't think you're going to get a big, like flock of people a big i don't think you're gonna get a lot of numbers all like in the beginning i think it's going to be slowly dispersed throughout the coming weeks this is one of those event films though that i think has the power to bring many people back to movie theaters but probably not all of them no but i think black widow and f9 will bring a lot of people back but not the entirety it won't get it to the pre-pandemic levels and i think if anybody is thinking that it's going to do that. They are just kidding themselves because there are a lot of people still very hesitant to going back to the movie theater. I know we are discussing myself in family about going to see Black Widow in the movie theater. So I know that's a big decision for us that we're contemplating right now as we speak. I know that F9 for a lot of people, people are having those same conversations I know it's done very well overseas already. It's appeared in China, Australia, the Far East. It's already done quite well over there and other parts of the world that it's already done well at. And in the UK and the US, we get it last. But again, a lot of people are expecting that it to be something to continue the series. Are you tired of watching the Fast and Furious series already? Because to me, it's not like you actually have to pay attention to what's going on. I mean, if somebody could tell me a coherent storyline in front of my face for 10 minutes, I would actually probably think about giving them a award. I would think about giving them a award, but I'm not going to say I would do it or not because, you know, we, we only have the highest budget in the world here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But I want to hear your thoughts on this because, again, To me, Fast and Furious series is a quintessential popcorn flick. You don't have to understand what's going on. You don't have to remember this character left when. They've even had periods of time where they've intermixed things in the wrong areas, where like, was exactly did Han die? When does Tokyo Drift take place in the timeline and all that? They've had different things that they've done with the Fast and Furious series to make it pretty much nonsensical from a timeline point of view. But that doesn't really matter, does it, when all the cars go flying and the people just seem to be having a lot of fun doing it? Yeah, I don't think people watch these movies anymore for the story. I think they kind of watch it for the spectacle. And, yeah, some of them have okay stories. You know, I I think the 
the more interesting part is like a, the whole family thing, right? Where it's you family, see, family, family. Yeah, you see the dynamic. I think people watch it more for the dynamic between the characters and the cars as opposed to like, oh, hey, this is character has been developing this certain storyline since the past six movies. You know, I don't think people really care about that anymore. I think it's like, what can I get in the moment? How can I leave satisfied? And Fast and the Furious, I think, is a franchise that does that very well. Well, I'll tell you what, I think there's a lot that's going to be riding on it for the future of movies, at least in the short term for 2021, people going to see it. It is going to be a large litmus test for the United States and the United Kingdom for box office returns. And I think movie theaters, uh, you know, that the owners, the chains out there that own movie theaters across those two countries are really nervous right now and waiting for the response on it. I mean, we have not heard about record box office advance takes for either location, U.S. or the U.K., so that concerns me that we haven't heard those things already in regards to it. So we'll wait and see what happens, but it is F9 coming up this weekend. Marcus and I will have more on it on this weekend's PCC Multiverse, so stay tuned for that. Our thoughts more on this F9 because it's obviously going to be the major topic of discussion on our Friday show. Looking forward to that. But Josh... It's been a great episode, but before we head on out, iCarly, my friend, from your 90s past, is now available on as a reboot. The first three episodes are now available on Paramount+. Plus. What do you think, man? What do you think? You've talked about iCarly before, and I know a lot of people are getting excited out there in social media for a return to iCarly. Yeah, I mean, at my age, I don't think I'm much interested in watching it. I do like this like era we live in where they're taking old shows and kind of just like not remaking them but rebooting them as like older people you know they did with full house and now iCarly and they have punky brewster right she has her own thing now so i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's a good way to get parents and kids to connect you know like my kids i don't really like to show stuff like that at this age but you know maybe one day that could be something we could bond over i don't know I don't know. You know, it's like I I know we talk about like originality kind of lacking in Hollywood, but sometimes it's nice to go back to these old properties. Whenever I try to do that with my kids, they just look at me, go, you must be crazy, dad. You must (laughs) be crazy. We got some Pokemons to watch. Exactly. But happy Father's Day again to all the great fathers out there and the great dads. Please have a blessed Father's Day weekend. We hope you are and a continued great week. But Josh... Any last thoughts on the way out? So Netflix just got a bunch of cool things. You're going to watch the Rurouni Kenshin movies. Uh, you can watch them in Japanese or with an English dub. You can also watch the a compilation of the first Mobile Suit Gundam series. And they're going to be posting Gundam Hathaway here soon, which is the sequel to Gundam Narrative, which I you know I reviewed on the show not too far back. And we talked about Gundam Unicorns. So this comes yes. two entries after Gundam Unicorns. So I don't know. A lot of cool things. Uh, I know Gundam movie by Netflix, uh, the live action one's still in the works. I don't know. It's just like the Geek Week had quite a few uh, more things I thought I'd be interested in. It's unfortunate, though, that it dropped on the same week as E3. I thought that was very ill timing. Of course. Yeah, I agree. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great.